Lots of sports to discuss today, from hockey to basketball to football. Funny enough, you can sum it up in one quick sentence. Milwaukee good, Chicago... Chicago? Hold on, I need a new synonym for dumpster fire. This is the War on 94 Sports Podcast. Your weekly dose of everything Chicago and Milwaukee sports. Now, here are your hosts, Frank Fernandez and Evan Schleinser. What's up, everybody, and welcome back. It's another episode of the War on 94 podcast. It's Frank here with Evan, as always, to discuss everything Chicago and Milwaukee sports. Evan, how are we feeling? I'm feeling, I mean, this is a big episode we're jumping into. We got a lot to talk about. I'm feeling pretty good. Um, There's a lot to talk just in general. I like to talk, so that's a good sign. But not a lot of, I mean... Yeah, who knew? Who knew, right? Shocking that we do an hour and a half podcast every week and we like to talk, huh? But I don't – it's not all fun news to talk about. I mean, I, oh, you know, no. we'll get we'll get to it later, but, I, you know, I mean, I'm happy personally with the sports teams, but there's going to be a lot – just a whole roller coaster of an episode today. How about you? How are you <laughs> feeling? <laughs> In some regards, I'm good. In some regards, I'm questioning my own uh, sanity and beliefs and – um We'll get there. We'll get there. Let's start, though, as we always start with the best thing we saw this week. Uh, I'll get us started. Uh, Mine comes from the Manning cast, uh, which was all around pretty great on Monday Night Football uh, for a rather terrible football game between the New Orleans Saints and the Seattle Seahawks. Literally the worst football game I think I've ever watched. Yeah, absolutely brutal. Really nothing happened the entire game at 13 to 10 dredge is really what it was but the highlight of the night for me comes from the manning cast as i mentioned eli and peyton do a great job together uh breaking down gameplay breaking down quarterback play it's a really cool kind of insight into the mind of two one hall of fame quarterback one questionably hall of fame quarterback and they have some great guests on there and the first guest last night was none (laughs) other than beast mode himself marshawn lynch and you put a live mic in front of Marshawn Lynch, what do you think is going to happen? I mean, first of all, he's talking about taking shots of Hennessy when he was playing uh, pregame. He said he had taken three shots of Hennessy that day, doubling the amount he used to take before games. And then in his final sentence before leaving for the end of the first quarter, he uttered, it was like a false start by Seattle on the last play of the first quarter, and he just goes, what the fuck? Oh, oh what the I, fuck? I, I, mean, I don't think it's not hey. good. Live mic on ESPN. Peyton and Eli didn't know what to do. They just kind of sat there and looked a little befuddled. Uh, and then it was done. He was off the off the show when it came back from, from uh, commercial break, which I think was planned. But also... Peyton then had to apologize for the, the the harsh language that was used by Marshawn, and it was just it's just so funny to me that they they thought that putting Marshawn Lynch in a live situation with a microphone would not result in the censors being upset. I just thought it was great, and he's always one for a fantastic quote, and that was one for the books right there. Oh, yeah top tier yeah and then that's not even counting the, the the holy shit or whatever he dropped like probably a minute and a half <laughs> before or after that i mean he's just comically entertaining and honestly i think at the end of the day the viewership's going up espn's not going to lose any ad revenue so like, wow. they're fine <laughs> it was an, and you know more and more people tune into the manning cast every week they have immediately followed up with tom brady which is probably one of the most intellectual football discussions i see happen outside of nfl live on espn like an incredible conversation those three had. I mean, I just, I, the Manning cast is an incredible, just great, great product. And it's makes it so much fun to watch Monday night football. Definitely. Especially because of the, the broadcast team they have on the actual Monday night football is boring and pretty like non exciting. So to have this kind of secondary telecast going on is a very smart idea. And I feel like ESPN knew what they were doing by putting the Manning brothers in there, allowing them to have these fun, relevant guests and 
interesting people coming on and we've seen it with like pat mcafee we they had sue bird on last night like they do a good job of bringing in people and it's always entertaining i i love that mm-hmm. that little wrinkle they've thrown in this season so pretty fun uh what do you got for uh the best thing yeah um i mentioned tom uh and unfortunately i'm gonna go to the game that we're gonna have to break down here in a little bit football wise but mm. a little bit kind of off the field but on the field obviously one of the things in that game was brady's 600th career touchdown pass which i believe is the the leading touchdown pass number in all of nfl history like oh, i think he's yeah. got that record pretty secure yeah. but Mike Evans, his thing, and we saw it three different times in this game, is that he loves to give the ball away to a fan, and especially one that might be wearing his jersey or you know just see a guy in the front row, whatever. Which is a great thing. I mean, you know, fan engagement is always a positive thing. But Tom wanted that ball. Oopsies. <laughs> so as you saw on the broadcast, a trainer had to walk over and get the get the ball back from him and negotiate. Uh, the guy tried to refuse it after a couple of times. He's like, "Okay, I guess." And they told. I think the promise was that they would hook him up. And and everybody obviously wanted to know what the hell did you get for that? Because as people quickly estimated online, sports memorabilia enthusiasts and otherwise that could probably fetch upwards to $500,000 at auction was that one estimate I saw, which, you know, it's a, it's a one of one piece. Like I understand for some sports, not some, some Tom Brady super fan to want that. I, you know, that's a collector's item right there, but obviously Tom Brady wants it. So more and more details started to, started to leak out as to what this guy was getting at first came out. He was only getting a thousand dollar credit at the Bucks team store and a game ball, which like, Okay, but you kind of lost that deal pretty hard. Oh, yeah, not even close. But thankfully, uh, turns out that Brady, it more and more came out. So Brady gave him two signed jerseys and a helmet. Mike gave him a signed jersey and his game cleats. He got the 1K credit. That was true. He also got two season tickets for the rest of this season and next. And on top of that, Brady got on Twitter and said, hey, FTC or FTX or whatever the app that he's pushing that trades crypto mm-hmm. can we get him a bitcoin and they did they gave him one k one bitcoin which is like a sixty three thousand yeah. dollar equivalency right now yep i'm sure there's some red ticket red tape as to what he can and can't do with that or how long he until he can cash it out but you're looking at a pretty substantial haul now you got some great bucks memorabilia of the quarterback who just won your team a super bowl i mean i think the guy made out like a bandit after that deal and, and 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 just fun story to watch you know nance and romo commentated on the broadcast and they kind of developed in this little mini story throughout the rest of the day so i was the best thing i saw i like when i like when that happens i like when fans get rewarded or get get that a, a kind of one-to-one thing i mean mike was you saw his face the best was like oh dang it i didn't even think about it like he <laughs> yeah, totally he forgot this yeah he was like damn um but then they worked and got it back and and the fan got 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 his cut too so yeah, just that a was, good football feel good story. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Yeah, Romo was kind of like uh, egging on the guy to hold on to the ball, and like you know, he was saying like how much money he could get for it, and he was like, oh, you know, they, they shot on the sideline of him talking with the probably like an equipment guy or something like that, and trying to you know determine what he was going to get, and he was just like, no, don't give it to him. He's like, get out of here, like get out of the stadium, <laughs> you know, blah blah blah. But I think he made out pretty well, and and I mean, season tickets pretty pretty sweet in that situation and yeah i mean especially Bitcoin, probably where they were everything. located which is right where he was sitting like it's mm-hmm. just big deal big deal really awesome yeah otherwise um not excited to discuss that game but let's jump into something we have not talked to yet talked about yet this season i mentioned it a little bit right before the season started but the blackhawks Chicago Blackhawks, the only NHL team that we talk about on this podcast. Man, where do I start? Let's, I mean, let's discuss the news that came out today. Today, uh, we are recording this on Tuesday. Um, and earlier today, the news came out that general manager Stan Bowman and senior VP of hockey operations Al McKinnis are both out of their roles after the results of the independent investigation into Mm -hmm. the sexual assault allegations involving the former trainer of the Blackhawks. It in a pretty lengthy press conference, uh, the lead investigator really discussed kind of the findings that they had uh, pretty much determining through all the, you know, interviews and everything they did that, in 2010, 
right after the Blackhawks had clinched the Western Conference to go to the Stanley Cup, they it was found out that this trainer had been involved in this you know sexual misconduct. Um, it was a, a group of Bowman, McInnes, along with um, John McDonough, the, the president of the team at the time, no longer with the team now. Coach Joel Quenville, who's no longer with the team now. Chris cannot remember his last name, but he's currently the GM of the Winnipeg Jets. He was with the team at the time. They determined that they knew about this at, in that moment, but they said, let's let's kind of set this down. We'll come back to it, you know, in a couple weeks when the, the the season is ended, and we'll get back into this. Bowman, in a statement today, just pretty much pushed all the blame onto John McDonough and really threw him under the bus, saying that he knew about it, he passed it along to his superior, and he expected him to handle it. Obviously, easy for him to say in this situation now that he's on the out and McDonough is no longer with the team, so you know that he is going to get a lot of the blame because he was, you know, in the president role at that time. But it's just really shitty. Honestly, this whole situation sucks. And Stan Bowman was a guy who I did not want to be with the team anymore, who in the long run was not good for this team. He was putting us in positions of not being able to compete, of making poor trades and whatnot. But for him to be now out of the out of the team for this reason, it just doesn't feel like something you can really celebrate or be excited about because it's just such a terrible situation and such a terrible look for the organization. Yeah. I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head. It's a terrible look. It's a holistic organizational failure or wholesale organizational failure. Mm -hmm. And I, you you said it put it aside for a couple of weeks. Then I think the 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 couple of week determination that they was that they're going to actively suppress this thing. And I mean, we haven't had or heard about this situation for ten years. Mm -hmm. um, the trainer was or the tra trainer coach. I'm not exactly sure what his role was. I've heard I haven't heard exact detail, and it really didn't outlie. But he he it was a player that he had the bad interaction with, and then he was allowed to leave the organization at some point. And I think he went and coached here in Ohio and got in trouble for the same exact thing because mm. you know surprise surprise patterns exist in people yep i mean just and and i think the further thing which is the correct move the only thing you can really applaud out of this if anything to be applaud is that in addition to the names you mentioned anybody else that has been found in the report to have actively engaged in suppressing and hiding the details of the story they announced will be gone from the organization at well so there as well so this is going to be a lengthy cleanup process i mean just the nobody ever wants this for a team ever there's no, no excuse for any activity like this and there's no good time for any information to come out but this was supposed to be a season that was kind of reigniting this new generation of the blackhawks like they finally had thought the rebuild was over or or was gearing in the upward trending direction with the off season that they had which we like I said, we weren't even planning to discuss this, you know, because the details all just came out today. We knew that the story surrounded, but there wasn't a finite conclusion. But now it all dropped today. The report came out today. And it's just it's turned a season of kind of excitement and anticipation into just bleak. I mean, that's truly like there's nothing, you know. To know that this was going on for 10 plus years, and, and, and I don't mean the, the pattern of the behavior, but the suppression of the behavior and the suppression of the, the results of the behavior. And as you mentioned, those guys have all gone on to other prominent roles among the NHL. I mean, you've now left three different teams and three decent, good, decent teams with mm -hmm. decisions to make as what they're going to do with high level staff because they are facing this, this 10 year old scenario. It just... Just I mean, there's no there's not enough negative words to say about this. It's a really really awful awful topic. Yep. And I your your sentence in here like this this could be a, a another another reset button on this mm -hmm. whole this whole plan, and that's not even considering the on field ice play, which has been horrid as well. They have not Brutal. won a game yet. Yeah. I, I think we've 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 slammed the organization up. We've talked about that. I want to move to the on ice stuff because we're a, mostly a sports talking podcast. Other than to uh -huh. say that we obviously don't support any of the <laughs> the actions of the Blackhawks in in how they handle the situation. They deserve every criticism that comes their way. But 
I, I, I even caught myself being optimistic about the season. I, I pointed out here the line for their preseason, um, their preseason total points, 90 and a half. I took the over in a, in a, in a not in a true betting scenario, but I, I, I took, I put belief in, in them to take the over in, in a, a over under draft. And I don't know if they'll even get close. I mean, no, <laughs> right I now, wanted to read this one tweet and it just sums up the whole season for me right for right right now this was october 24th so literally two days ago in just over 100 minutes of five on five hockey this season chicago has been outscored 10 nothing with seth jones on the ice and he's got two years till his extension kicks in yeah i mean only six games so far for him in the blackhawks uniform so obviously like he's got he's signed through 2029 30 season like but I mean, regardless of who's been on the ice, the Hawks have not led through the entire season. 360 minutes of of hockey has been played, and we have not led for one second of that time. They've literally been playing from behind every game. They are minus 15 in goal differential, only second second worst in the league, only behind the Arizona Coyotes. The guy we brought in to be our Vezina candidate trophy the last year's Vezina winner Marc-Andre Fleury has been Swiss cheese letting in goals left and right they just it's just piling on every game it feels Mm -hmm. like they're they're right there maybe it's maybe they're down one nothing they come back tie at one one you look in uh 20 minutes later it's four one it's five one it's it's like they can't get out of their own way they are just the goals are piling up their their defense is just allowing shot after shot at flurry. Like, what are you going to do when you're just being constantly barraged by shots? Obviously, you can only save so many before they're going to fall through. And then the mm-hmm. offense can't 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 score. And like yeah. you said, five, in five on five hockey, getting outscored ten nothing when your best defenseman's on the ice, not what you want to be seeing. It's just it's been brutal. And now. We have COVID running through the team. Patrick Kane is out. He's in COVID protocol. Jonathan Taze just announced today he's in COVID protocol. I mean, that's your two, two of your best, two of your franchise guys right there who are going to be out for an extended period of time. Now have to get two negative tests before they can come back. It's just, it's piling up 0-5-1 to start the season after so much expectations, all these moves in the offseason, bringing in all these big name guys, haven't one point. In six games, yeah. horrible. I mean, this this team yeah. could be a lottery could be a lottery team. We could be look, and they and they don't. If if things were to shake out the way you'd want them to, you'd be looking at a team that gets the number one pick next year. Well, guess what? The Blackhawks can't have the number one pick next year. Yeah, because their their first round pick is is top two. What is it? Oh no, sorry. Yeah, they can't. Have, they, 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 no, they're top this two this, protected. Yeah, sorry. It's top two protected. Yeah, no, and you're absolutely right. Like this, because this is my follow up that 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 tweet was shared in the chat. I'm in, and I replied to it. I said, "So Blue Jack has dodged a bullet because you know the whole uh, you know like I said, I, I I'm not." Th- I follow the Blue Jackets based on Columbus proximity, but I don't really like passionately have hockey allegiance. But the talk around Columbus was that we're not gonna, you know, they weren't gonna resign Seth because Seth. His, his on-field ice play wasn't worthy of an extension in the front office's eyes. And that was kind of hard for the Black or the Blue Jackets fans to come to terms with because this is a guy who played here in Cleveland on the Monsters team that won an AHL Cup, came up and was with the Blue Jackets for a year or two of like, oh, wow, this team could actually do something. And then they scuttered and, and fell apart on their own and had to readjust. And the, the reply was not even dodging a bullet. The Blue Jackets were able to see the gun being fired in slow motion and managed to fool someone into taking the bullet. And <laughs> and they get, as you said, if they don't win a lottery pick, the Jackets get a, a, a top. Well, the Jackets get the top two protected pick from the Hawks. So it, it's 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 just bad. It's brutal. God, it's brutal out here. And and that truly, you know, without even the situation appearing, those two, the situation off off the ice and. This Seth Jones situation to start feels like it's going to be the summer of the season for this Blackhawks team. I, I, I wanted to be excited about it coming in. I wanted to have some fun hockey Same. to talk about it. The, the, you know, the Blackhawks and original six team being, as we've said with a lot of Chicago teams being the center of, of hockey makes hockey more fun and exciting. But I, I don't think we can, I had to think if we have to rip that script up and throw it out because <laughs> I don't know what there's going to be, what we're going to talk about. <laughs> yeah. And they're, 
you know, the Blackhawks have long been a team that has been one of the hottest tickets in Chicago, constant sellouts. I think they had 538 straight sellouts. This last decade has been the golden era of Blackhawks hockey. Well, that sellout streak ended on Sunday uh, in a 6-3 loss to the Detroit Red Wings. First non-sellout in, I mean, almost doing quick math, almost seven years. I say that's and, like seven or eight seasons right there. And Danny Wirtz, uh, the chairman of the Blackhawks, came out and was like, you know what? We want to thank the fans for all your years of of patronage and everything and selling out best fans in the world. Pretty much ad-libbing here, but he said pretty much um, – they're happy that the sellout streak is over, so now new fans can come in and support the team. Pretty much like a fuck you to all the other fans who now are like abandoning the team, quote unquote. And he wants new fans who actually care to come in. It's like, dude, I mean, bury yourself a little bit more. Like, Jesus Christ. Say, this what team- a bad taste comment after today. Yeah. And like this team I just mean, can't talk, like, talk again, about poor cannot get out of its poorly. own way. Yeah, cannot get out of its own way. Oh so f- from one trash heap to another, let's get to football and let's discuss quickly, please, for the love of God, the Chicago Bears. I yes. mean, well, I don't have a lot to talk about when it comes to this game. I I will be completely honest. I turned it off after the first quarter because I could not stand to watch the Bears just fall over themselves for three more quarters. So I will say I saw – uh, the first three drives where the Bears just shat themselves over and over again and allowed the uh, Bucks to get the ball within the 50 within their own territory three straight times, three touchdown passes or three touchdown scores to a run by Fournette, whatever. I mean, the Bears just got absolutely trounced on Sunday, 38 to three against the former or against the defending Super Bowl champions. And it was even worse than I could have imagined. Yeah, here, I'll sum it up for you in yeah, three Yeah, sum words. it up for me. Khalil Herbert, good. Matt mm-hmm. Nagy, bad. That is, that's four words, actually. But that's the entirety of this game. I don't even want to pin anything on Justin Fields. Because, again, we laid into it all last week. And we don't, you just can go back and listen to how we broke down the end of the Bears game. Bears-Packers game. Because it can be all applied here, but worse. None of this is Justin Fields' fault. Justin Fields looks overwhelmed, and that's exactly what you should expect of a rookie. Like, it's a hard game to get used to, especially as an NFL quarterback. But if I see one more out route to the flat or one more sideline 15-yard out of bounds while while Robinson's streaking open down the middle, or I, I just – this offensive game plan is infuriating. It makes no sense. It's just not it's, playing – like, what is this? Is it is, – do we have Matt Barkley at quarterback? Do we have Jonathan Quinn at quarterback, Craig Krenzel? No, we have Justin goddamn Fields who can throw the ball on a dot 40 yards and we decide to just play scared with him and allow him. You know, Dan Orlovsky, you sent me that clip of him. Yeah. No yeah. no use of the play action. Nope. Uh, a terrible offensive line in front of him that gives him zero time to make plays, gives him no time to think. Yeah, that here's stat, stat was mind-boggling. Here's, a, here's another stat for you. Justin Fields has been sacked more than any other NFL quarterback. He ranks 30th in pass attempts. Yeah. 30th in well, pass attempts, and he's been sacked 22 times. And that's here's, here, I mean, that's and, absolutely mind-boggling. The guy isn't yeah. dropping back 40 times a game. Then it would make yeah. more sense. Right. I mean, Jesus Christ. He's got no chemistry with – with his receivers, especially Allen Robinson. He looks like he hasn't even practiced with them at all this season. I mean, and then you got Nagy coming out after the game and talking about how, oh, there's a lot of teachable moments for, for Justin Fields. Oh, he's, you know, this is, you know, when you, you want to get momentum going, he's pretty much just throwing it all on fields and just being like, oh, he's a rookie quarterback. Like he's got to get it, you know, got to get it under control and he'll, he'll learn how to do that. And not with you in charge. No, not the, with you the, in charge at all, because you are just absolutely incompetent, <laughs> idiotic, unfucking believable that this guy is still in charge of this football team after even after last season. I don't know how anyone watched last season and thought, let's keep Matt Nagy in charge. Did we see what we did in the playoffs? Did we see what we did in the regular season? Obviously not. 
Oh, the Bears snuck into the with eight and eight after beating six terrible football teams last season. Oh, great. Let's keep Matt Nagy as our coach. That makes so much sense. Oh, and let's keep Ryan Pace as our GM so that they have to win to keep their jobs so they can't trade anybody at the trade deadline like Allen Robinson or Robert Quinn or Khalil Mack. Anybody of note who would get us some good, some first round picks or maybe any, any draft picks at all. No, we're just going to sit here and pretend everything is okay. Cause Matt Nagy is the, is the guru. And now he's got Justin Fields to mold and break in half. Like, a, uh, I mean, Jesus Christ it is just absolutely ridiculous that this guy is still here. And we have 11 more games, this, 10 more games this season to watch him just run ourselves into the ground no first round pick this season so even if even if we lost the rest of the games we would still not have a first round talent to bring in unfucking believable yeah no i mean you mentioned the orlovsky video um and and you mentioned the offensive line comment in there i just want to point out at, at how atrociously bad it is so the two mm-hmm. sacks that he took the time of that he from snap to sack was 1.96 and 2.03 seconds respectively. And the stat they then immediately followed that up with is that Ben Roethlisberger leads the league in the quickest release time from point of snap to point of throw. And that's averaging 2.3 seconds. Hmm. So as you said, I mean, you pretty much just laid it all out there. I don't need to add any more on top of that. This is just an organization that until, well, it goes deep in that. You've you've even taken shots at the McCaskies. But until Nagy and Pace are gone, and until they can figure out that that is where a new Bears organization starts with, with somebody who can truly actually work with Justin Fields and make a offensive game plan that is catering to a rookie quarterback, we will – we will see no improvement. We will see no joy from Soldier Field. We will see no no signs of life or positivity from this Bears organization. And the fact that a team that is um, what three and four, two mm-hmm. and, f- and, and was so so five hundred, and and theoretically at week seven that should be competing for a playoff spot. But nobody is ready to call this team even competition, competing of anything more than a first round, more than a top ten draft pick, top five draft no. pick. No, and here's the thing about and here's the thing about it, Evan. This is the Matt Nagy formula. We're probably going to win on Sunday. We're playing the 49ers. They suck. We're playing them at home on Halloween. Like it's going to be a fucking terrible football game. We're probably going to win, and then everyone's going to be like, "Oh, uh, well, I mean, we're four and four now. Who knows what happens next?" No, I know what happens next. We, we all know. We finish fucking eight and nine or whatever. Like we we somehow pull out some games at the end of the season, and it's just mm, God. And then we we just put all our money in the defense. We we pay Eddie Jackson this huge contract, and we have no money to get anybody on our offensive line. So we have a fucking forty year old Jason Peters and four other practice squad guys protecting our number one pick. And we see what happens. He has yeah. two seconds to throw the goddamn ball. And then Matt Nagy comes out in the press conference and says, we have a rookie quarterback. That's why we're not playing well. And I know we wanted to joke on the refs for the, the quick snap missed offsides or, or like quick play mm-hmm. whole thing. But not the same thing, but a quick play called in by the sideline because the Bears yep. thought they had 12 men on the field. Justin Fields quick snaps, chucks the ball deep. Communication doesn't happen, and it's an easy interception. Yep. That's two weeks in a row. That is a, a, it's a coaching, it's a it's, coaching it's, failure. It's a coaching – yeah, it's just – He's a fucking said. idiot. <laughs> That's really yeah. all there is to it. Matt Nagy is a fucking idiot. Chicago sports had just have some of the biggest fucking idiot coaches. We didn't even talk about Jeremy Carlton. He's a goddamn idiot. He should have been fired already. He's going to stick around because now this whole organization's in flux with the Blackhawks and, and the, and the fucking bears never fire their coach mid season. So we're going to have to watch 10 more weeks of Matt Nagy just bumbling around. And they're going to ruin Justin Fields in the process. God, I hope not, but it just feels that way. I mean, we got to start looking for, we got to start looking for coach candidates right now. I mean, I don't know how that works, 
let's get some some tampering going whatever we need to do we need to bring somebody in who can help justin fields because uh, i mean the kid deserves so much better than what he's got and you can tell i mean i don't want to talk i i said to myself i didn't want to talk too much about this game because or about the bears in general because it's just so infuriating but you can just tell watching justin fields on the sideline he hates matt Nagy. he there was a clip of during the Raiders game where Nagy is like hugging Fields. He has his arm around him and he's like whispering in his ear. And Fields is like, like we all can read body language. Fields is literally pulling away from Nagy. Like, all right, dude. Okay, cool. It's like when the drunk guy at the bar is like trying to talk to you and he like thinks you're like really good friends and he's like chatting you up about like Bitcoin in your ear or like why you should invest in like the housing market or something like that. And it's just like, bro, back up. And even Allen Robinson threw threw Matt Nagy under the bus this week. It's just – I don't know how anybody would want to play for this guy. I don't know who thought it was a, be- a good idea to bring him back after last season. Just makes no fucking sense, and I'm moving on. We're on to San yeah, Francisco. It's time to move on. Let's go. Let's talk about the Packers. <laughs> it's time to move on. Yeah, we'll talk about the Packers. Um, uh, the Packers – uh, had yet another good game, um, and that yeah. feels really fun to just trying to change that mood right all of a sudden. After we've just been slamming guys for thirty minutes here so far, <laughs> but the Packers had a good game, and I can't, it I did. can't complain. I, I, defense is fun to watch; they're really good. Well, and, and the thing I'll say, Evan, watching that game, the Packers really didn't even again. I feel like this has happened most weeks this season. They have not; they didn't do anything spectacular. Like really, they just right. are solid there. And, and the guys who are filling in for those who are missing like Jair and Zadarius Smith, those guys who are missing, the ones who are filling in are just playing well. I mean, and like I wrote it in the, in the doc, Eric Stokes is the future. That guy is very talented and he is going to be a great partner in crime with Jair Alexander for many years to come. And that is, that is scary to me. I say I don't really care. I mean, I do care very much what happens with Rodgers this this year. But regardless of what happens with him, there's a there's a for the uh, the first time in a while, uh, you can feel that like there's more to look forward to this team besides Mm -hmm. Rodgers and Devontae for 40 points every Sunday and and Aaron Jones too. Like they, you know, you mentioned there's guys there's um, we've talked about them. You know, Devontae. Devon, Devondre Campbell, God, I can't get his mm-hmm. name right. Devondre Campbell, Whitney Merciless, which was his debut. He played a ton of snaps and looked well or looked good. Jalen Smith is not looking exposed in any plays when he is out there. So <laughs> better than he looked with the Cowboys and why, why they released him. Mm. Um, the, how the, about how about Dean Lowry? Dean that Lowry, guy, the defensive that line guy's is a nuts. Beast. That guy's a beast. Dean Lowry, Rashawn Gary, was who was labeled a few years ago as a bust. Um, he's he's not very clearly. the The pass rush is getting home, and it's making quarterbacks uncomfortable. I just wish they'd figured out how to contain Taylor Heineke running for thirty yards in every scramble because that was really starting to get to me. But I, yeah, there it's not star power names, but it's names that are producing like star power and it's really really fun to watch i will say there the offense is still doing some spectacular things i have to call out the the throw that every quarterback is advised not to make rogers running right on fourth down all sudden looks finds Devonte just sitting in a soft spot i mean it was incredible <laughs> just the like i said the show the throw that you're not supposed to make ever in life and he makes it to perfect or to perfection i think Devonte daniel scored on the play certainly got the first down um but to stick with the defense we had talked on the podcast and you had asked me if it worried me that this team was um if this team if it worried me that this team was perfect in the exact uh, wrong way you want to be in the red zone. Like it was 15 for 15 or maybe even got to 16 straight trips, to the red zone and 16 and, and that number of touchdowns allowed. They were the only defense with a hundred percent red zone conversion rate that came to a screeching halt. Um, and the, the defense went over four this time um, or the rather the, the skin, the football team offense went over four, right? Just complete regression to the mean, it was it, it, 
this is a this is a team that I now and I in the past two seasons I haven't said this. I feel confident walking into any matchup with with this team that built the way it is. Now, granted, mm-hmm. we have four guys on the COVID list going into the game on, on Thursday night against the only unde- remaining undefeated team in the league. And two of those guys are Alan Lazard and Devontae Adams. Alan Lazard, who's unvaccinated, will undoubtedly miss the game. Devontae mm-hmm. has a slim chance to come back, but Joe Barry is another one who's on the list. So, I, I mean, you might take an L in, on a Thursday night in Arizona against an undefeated team, um, but give me a full full healthy roster coming up in the playoffs – it could go the entire complete entire way. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't use this matchup regardless of the result to base my evaluation of a playoff matchup. Cause I think this is an anytime, anywhere, any place kind of team right now. And that makes me very, very excited, especially considering defensively. And, and I have to say it again, and I'll keep saying it anytime I see a positive Rogers comment, he just keeps gushing over his love for this team, um, which he doesn't give much, and that's why I think. Well, no, I, you're 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 laughing already, but no, he doesn't no, no, give no, a lot I, of nuggets. I, I, he doesn't give a lot of nuggets as to how he's truly feeling during his season, and when he does, as I said before, he's very vague and mysterious about them. But the the anything positive out of his mouth, with how calculated he is, has to be considered positive news for Packers fans. Because the happier he is, the more likely he wants to stay. And that could all be blown up when if, if they can't agree to terms with Devontae in the offseason. But the happier Aaron Rodgers is, the more likely he is to stay. And I also wanted to point out, um, I'll, you know, we, we haven't figured out our previous show, so I'll give you this little tidbit um, right now for the Thursday night game, barring we don't do that. When Aaron Rodgers is playing without Devontae Adams, the offense scores an average of 32.6 points a game. Um may not be enough to beat an Arizona team that has potentially four wide receiver ones on their team <laughs> mm-hmm. and a tight end one in Zach Ertz who found the most wide open green space he's ever found in his life on that 45 yard touchdown scamper on Sunday. But I, I, that certainly makes me a little, a little less nervous. I, I pray Devonte's back. I pray, I haven't heard any news about its testing today. I would assume no news is probably bad news in this case. Um, but hopefully hopefully he gets negative tests and he's back ready to go um mvs i do have to shout out he is coming back from his hamstring injury and should be ready to go they haven't put him on the injury report because he's still technically on ir but there's a strong chance he's activated this game so that would be huge i imagine it's going to be a ton of targets for um uh lazar or Cobb, a ton of targets for tunyon who finally scored and got in the end zone last week mvs is open that certainly opens up the 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 deep threat and opens up the game for that um Running back talk, <laughs> I don't think you could have picked a worse week to go with A.J. Dillon as your fantasy player of the week, which Seriously. I also couldn't have picked a worse week to go with Darnell Mooney as my fantasy player of the week. <laughs> so um, I think I don't, you got negative points. Not that that's straight much better than getting <laughs> zeros, but fumbles from, from A.J. Dillon, not a good look. Uh, couldn't get mm-hmm. going in the passing game. They will need both Jones and Dylan to get their work in this game. And they didn't use Jones a ton in this game, in this Washington game. So it gives you hope going forward, but just, uh, um, I, I, you know, confidence is rising in green Bay and it should be, this is now six straight, six straight wins, six straight wins. Mm-hmm. Can't count. Thank you very much. Haven't passed the by yet. And hopefully, you know, screw you COVID, but hopefully we can get over that and make it seven in on the road which with a really big statement victory if that should that happen yeah big game probably the best thursday night game of the year so far oh yeah uh this will be very interesting i mean a team in in arizona where a lot of people are kind of like comparing them to last year's steelers where it's like okay they're undefeated but like how good are they but i feel like they're kind of turning that corner seven i think they're good i feel like you're good like at that point you're you're pretty good so really interesting uh We'll probably have some kind of thing on Thursday, so we'll keep you guys updated about that. Um, But now let's get into the main event of the evening, something that I've been excited about, something I can actually be excited about for uh, Chicago sports. Let's talk some basketball. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball. Basketball. 
sing it, baby. Throw that, throw that in there, Noel. Uh, Round ball rock, give it to us. <laughs> and uh, let's discuss first of all the defending champions in the NBA, the Milwaukee Bucks, and the beginning of their season, and kind of what we're looking for this season in this team. That's kind of what we're going to get into here—a little, a little uh, recap plus preview sort of deal. What we're looking for with these teams. So we'll start with Milwaukee. Uh, how you feeling so far about these guys? Yeah, I mean, three and one, save for a, a pretty pummeling defeat in in Miami. I, I'm I'm willing to chalk that up to championship ring hangover high. Um, mm-hmm. But I, other than that, a really really strong start to the season. Yep. Um, this is a team projected for uh, the the Vegas line to open the season was uh, 54 and a half wins. Um, I didn't get to take the over, but I, I will take the over on that on for the sake of this podcast. Um, this team got better. Uh, Giannis got better. We mentioned his jump shot. We mentioned um, we don't need to mention his athleticism. You've seen it already. I, I just a, yeah, a, a block. Same. I think pretty much due for one a week, just a block out of nowhere on some guy that's as as big as he is trying to accelerate from the free throw line and just getting – you know, annihilated out of nowhere by Giannis. Um, Jordan Wara is starting to contribute. That was their draft pick from last year who didn't see a lot of time. Uh, he's up to averaging already in the short, in the short start of the season, four games in 24 minutes a, a game. And he's shooting pretty well off it. I mean, 37 is a little, little light to get going, but averaging 10 points a game he's getting involved on the defensive glass, five boards uh, are averaging. You know, he had five boards, um, he's averaging five boards a game, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's a, a, you know, he's getting involved when he gets onto the, onto the floor and, and looking good while doing it. There's a lot of excitement around this team and around the way he's contributing to it. Um, and I, I can't wait to see how that grows and evolves. The other one that was big time, we, you know, like we said, we didn't get a ton of off season talk because we had dove in so deep into football, but in case you missed it, Grayson Allen was brought into this team on a two-year, $20 million deal. Um, and uh, it makes Dante's path to contribution cloudy once he gets back from injury. Um, and Dante also didn't get an extension, so D- Dante could be in a troubling spot come next offseason with his sure. you know, being a restricted free agent. But I would love to see those two battle it out for the shooting starting shooting guard spot uh, because when they, they've both shown they can play well, um grayson's obviously got a decent career enough to net him that size of a that size of a contract and paying off so far he's back in you know he's almost dang near 30 minutes a game and he's contributing uh just it seems like the biggest highlights i've seen from so far are just all the attention on Giannis, and he's able to actually then make that perimeter shot when it gets when it gets kicked out to him um like that just sinking three ball when he's just open in the corner and everybody's sucking in on Giannis in the lane uh so i'm really really happy with the early signs of how that's turned out and there is nothing to be sad about with this bucks team i mean there's that <laughs> you know we'll we'll see how the season goes and i'm sure there's gonna be some staggering losses here and there as there is with every team but oh for sure this team looks ready to defend and looks ready to just carry it all season yeah i think the scariest part about this bucks team is that you know last couple of years obviously they've been right in it they've been contending they've been top of the league in standings wise, whatever, but they haven't been able to kind of get past that threshold. You know, it was last, even last season we were like, man, it's kind of finals or bust for this Bucks team mm-hmm. and for coach Bud. Now they've slayed the dragons. They've made it. They've made it to the mountaintop. They have the rings. They have the banner. Now they're confident. Now they feel like mm-hmm. they're the best yeah. team in the NBA. And that's scary. Like for them to now come in, a guy like Giannis to be like, I'm the best player in the NBA to have a guy like Chris Middleton, where it's like, I've shown you I'm that, I'm that guy who can be that number two on the championship team. A guy like Bobby Portis coming off the bench. Who's like, I can make an impact on a championship team. Like now they have that confidence. Now they're even scarier. They've been in those big games. They've been, they've faced the adversity. They've overcame it. This is a team that is going to be right there. And, like you said, that 54 and a half, I think smashed, you should smash that if you still have the chance, or I mean, I know, yeah. I know it's, we're past that point, but if anyone had the chance, I think this team could win 60 games. Like this is a very, very talented team with a deep bench, shooters on shooters. 
I just think these guys are going to be right in the thick of it once again. And even with less surprise than maybe even last year when we kind of thought, okay, maybe, you know, these are the bucks of old. They don't really win those big games. They did it multiple times last year. And who's to say they're not going to do it again. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm excited to watch these guys all season, mm-hmm. and I'm excited that I have a team of my own that might be able to play some competitive games against them. And that is the <laughs> Thank only God because un- Chicago the needs a distraction. Undefe- <laughs> the only undefeated team in the Eastern Conference, ladies and gentlemen, number one in the Eastern Conference right now, the Chicago Bulls. Baby. Book it. It's <laughs> four and over. Going, End it now. I mean, we're going ninety-six and zero. It's really all there is to it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or 98 no i think it is i mean god damn evan the bulls might be good i think i mean i don't want to get too far ahead of myself it's only been four games uh had a very hard fought win on monday night in toronto their first real test of the season but man these guys have been fun to watch um I was at the home opener. The energy in the building was crazy. People were so excited to watch this team. They put on a show. Um, Lonzo Ball with a triple-double, threw in a, a nasty lob to Alex Caruso. You had you have scores in DeRozan and Levine who can play off each other and you know take the lead when the other one's kind of not shooting well. You have the big man down low, Nikola Vucevic. It's just – it's been really fun so far. And to have a team that – a, a basketball team a good basketball team in chicago is so important it's you know a city that has been starving for a good team um since the derrick rose days our last good season i mean we made the playoffs a couple times we had the three alphas with with a uh, wade rondo and butler that fizzled out very quickly um you know and like some of the stats that have come out about this team already this season are just like what how about the fact that when the bulls <laughs> won their first game of the season to go one and oh it was the first time they've been over 500 since march of 2017 or the fact that <laughs> winning last winning in toronto on monday was the first four game winning streak that zach levine has had since college the man has not won four games in a row in Minnesota or Chicago up until this season. That is insane. And now he's got a great head coach behind him. He's got a great supporting cast. And Zach Levine is the best player on this team. And he's going to be able to shine. He doesn't have to be the guy to carry the load every night. He doesn't have to be the one that we the only guy we can go to in crunch time. You, we saw it in Toronto. Zach was struggling. They gave the ball to DeRozan. He hit big shot after big shot. And and we held on for a big road victory against a scrappy Raptors team. I mean, this team, that preseason win total, 41 and a half. I mean, smash the shit out of that over. Just just absolutely mm-hmm. smack that. Um, this team, people were worried. I, I feel like the Bulls were like the the national media's like trying there were there's like they're trying to get out ahead of it being like this team isn't going to be good they don't know how to play defense they've never played defense what is demar DeRozan going to do on the bulls how's he going to fit on the bulls well i'll tell you how he's going to fit he's going to be a guy who can take the lead when they need it he can hit big shots he has a nasty mid-range game i mean he can't really play great defense but that's what we got alex caruso for who has been a godsend off the bench. He's going to be everyone's favorite player in Chicago. I called that when they signed him. Every dad is going to be like, you know who I like? I like that Caruso kid. He plays the game the right way. He's scrappy. <laughs> he's, he gets down on the I floor and grabs the ball. He's a token scrappy white guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, but he's but then he's got like a 50-inch vertical. And he's like, and he talks shit. And he's like, he's that guy off the bench who you can like lean on. Um, Lonzo yeah. Ball has been awesome leading us uh, as the point guard. It's been a, a, he's been the kind of guy this team has been begging for, for years to have that true point guard, um, not a score first guy. This is a pass first guy who plays excellent defense, two and a half steals per game right now. He gets a block and a half a game. He's dishing out uh, six assists, six rebounds. He's got grabbing six boards and averaging 14 points. 
He's a dead eye shooter from three. This is the kind of guy that we've wanted for so long. And now to have Lonzo Ball, the guy is turning 24 this week. He's turning 24 this week and he's on his third NBA team. And now it feels like the pressure's kind of off on him. You know, LA, he was the number two pick. Everybody was like, he was straight out of college, played in LA, grew up in LA. Everyone's like, Lonzo, the future. Didn't work out. His jumper was broken. They trade him to to New Orleans for AD. He just kind of never, he started to blossom, but he never really got comfortable. And then they trade him to the Bulls this offseason. Now he's got, now it's like, okay, you're here. You're not, you don't, don't worry. You don't have to watch your back. You're not getting traded. Like this is where you can stay for years to come. And he can really flourish. And we've seen it already. Mm-hmm. And now I'm not going to sit here and say it's all, you know, butterflies and, you know, roses and everything. Like this team has its flaws. Um, we've seen it. Vucevic questionable defense and, if he goes down, like our big man depth is pretty non-existent. We have Tony Bradley as our backup center. He really hasn't gotten any run this season. Uh, we have Marco Simonovic, who's our former second round pick who has not seen any NBA action. So outside of those two guys, like if Vooch goes down, we're in trouble. So need to be able to kind of have him one, stay healthy, knock on wood and two, just get a you know a little bit better in that post because we haven't seen him against a guy like Embiid this season. We haven't seen him against a guy like Jokic. Like these are the guys who are going to feast on him if he doesn't if he's not careful because the guy is not not the best defender. Uh, great scorer, but just hasn't really been able to put it together together, especially in the paint. He got bullied by guys who are about six inches shorter than him, especially on opening night against the Pistons. So mm-hmm. yeah. I, I just I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but I really feel like this could be a team that is competing all season and puts himself in position for a, a home court advantage in the first round. Um, yeah, the, the, East well, is, I, the East is tough, but go ahead. Yeah, no, I mean, you're, what you're saying is all true. I, I think I, I'm still like the over. I, I agree with you. The 41 and a half seems seems like this team could could accomplish that. Um, I, obviously, as you mentioned, the national media and NBA Twitter is very skeptical, um, as I guess maybe they should be knowing that this team hasn't been over 500 since 2017, but also understanding that this mm-hmm. is a different team entirely than Completely. those teams. Um, you know, this felt like, this felt like the outcome for a few years now. You, you had the, the hire of Donovan, you had the trades last year at the deadline, you had the off season of this summer, um, and I think the, the one conclusion we can, well, two conclusions, I, I think, um, that we can make early in this season is that this season is going to be damn fun to watch. Um, as mm-hmm. you mentioned already, I, it, it, whether they contend or whether they're out of, you know, out of the playoffs before two weeks of the season is, a, you know, or with more than two weeks left in the season, like it could be, there is a wide range of outcomes, but it'll be fun either way because this team has shown fight. They've shown excitement. They've shown there's reason to be excited. Um, there's reason to bring the energy back to the U. And I think the other thing is this couldn't have happened at a better time by, for this front office. And it, mm-hmm. because exactly why you said Zach Levine doesn't have to be the guy or doesn't have to be the only guy. Um, right. I think this team is still centered around him and they are treating him as such. Totally. But totally. He's in the last year of his contract, as you mentioned, through the talks of the Bulls last year. What are we going to do with him? Do we trade him? Do we sign him? Do we blah, blah, blah? Um, and, and part of the do we sign him is how do you convince him that the, that he's it's worth it to sign it in Chicago? And I think they've gone a long way to start proving that to him. Um, this Definitely. is exactly what you need to do. Bring excitement back. Bring energy back. Bring a long-term vision and plan for this team of, hey, we want you under contract here and we want to – build around you we want to win with you not mm-hmm. just like oh and, we'll sign you up and market you and like whatever like no they're this right. team is serious and this isn't even like the final form of this team i don't think i mean oh god no. i'm not ex- no and i'm not expecting this team to like win an nba title this year i don't i don't really think that's realistic right. but i feel like they could compete and now we're a destination now we've shown that guys want to come here demar Derozan. Had the choice to go to the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Had the choice to go to the Clippers. 
and boy, he chose did he Chicago. make the right choice. <laughs> he chose <laughs> He's Chicago. Not the Lakers. <laughs> Lonzo Ball had the choice to go pretty much anywhere he wanted. He chose Chicago. He wanted to come here. Like these guys have shown that. And when Chicago is good, it's good for the league. When the Bulls are good, when the Knicks are good, all these teams that are competing again, I think it's it's good for the NBA yeah. to have these classic teams competing with the new teams like the Bucks, like you know whoever else we can go, you know the Suns the and Hornets, all this, but like the, Suns, the Hornets, yeah. yeah. Like, well, it just this, goes back to the point: parity is good always. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's why the NBA is my favorite league because there's so much parity. There's so many. The talent is so widespread. Obviously, you can look at a team like the Nets and they have three superstars. Well two superstars right now while Kyrie figures out what the hell's going on with him. But like, and people are like, well, it's the Nets. Like they're obviously going to win, but it's like, no, that's not even the case. Even if they have all three of their guys, like this league is so full of talent that they, anyone can compete for this title. Like there's probably 10 teams that could realistically be in, in contention for a title. We saw it last year. Like who, who would have assumed at the beginning of the season that the Phoenix suns would be in the finals. Or the or the Atlanta Hawks would be playing in the Eastern Conference Finals. Like nobody would have assumed that. Yeah. You know, it was right. it was a to- totally crazy year, and I think it's just going to continue. There's so many stars in the NBA, so many good teams. It's a, a long season, of course, but I think both of our teams are going to be right in the thick of things, and I'm very excited. They don't play each other until January, which I'm a little upset about. But I feel like <laughs> wow, those that's matchups a long are, time. I know, I know. It's it's a really long time because, and and let me tell you, Evan, I'm very, I've been very excited about the Bulls. I'm still excited about the Bulls. But these next 14 games they're about to embark on, starting on Thursday night, uh, are going to tell a lot about this team. Yeah. Let me Reed's let me run through this. Got, let me run through the schedule. Uh, we start Thursday in Chicago against the Knicks. Um, then we go. Uh, we go Jazz, Celtics, Sixers, Sixers, Nets, Mavs, Warriors, Clippers, Lakers, Blazers, Nuggets, Knicks, Pacers. So Where that are is all those West Coast games being played? In They have a stretch of five. Is that five, a long West Coast road trip five, to open yeah, up five, the season? One week they, from the 12th to the 19th, they play. This is the this is what the Bulls do every year. Um, normally, it's called circus. It's the circus trip when the uh, Barnum and Bailey Circus would be uh, in Chicago. Gotcha. But since that's no longer a thing, now it's just an annual trip they do in early November. So between the 12th and the 19th, they play five games. Warriors, Clippers, Lakers, Blazers, Nuggets. Talk about Talk about figuring out how good your team is real quick. That is that's a stretch right there. Yeah. And this is a team that last year was competitive in in that stretch of the season. It was the beginning of the year. This was a very different roster, but they were competitive in all those games. And this kind of pull them out. Right. This team, though, is going to be able to pull out some of those games. This team is going to be able to to compete with those teams every night. And I'm not saying the Bulls are going to, you know, be up for like a top three seed. God, I would just take the playoffs at this point. Well, yeah, I would just, you said the playoffs just, is exactly where you want to be. Just give me the playoffs, please, for the love of God. Like, that's all I ask for. So, well, Or even really just to have competitive basketball into the last month of the season. Let's start there. But, yeah, I mean, absolutely. That's a, that's a certainly – I mean – Well, yeah, but it's a, especially with the offseason like investment, playoffs last, is a realistic I mean, last goal. year we were competitive until, you know, people – until Zach Levine got COVID. But, like yeah. – that we were competitive, but it was you know it, it's not the same. This is a much better roster. There's much better players on this team. We saw last night Zach Levine struggled. De- DeRozan stepped up. Like this is the thing is like if Zach Levine were to go down, God forbid. I'm not. I don't want to speak that into any kind of existence. But like we're not dead. We're not dead in the water. You know, mm-hmm. like we have depth. We have guys who can step in and score and hold up that, you know, their end of the deal. And, and this team, you know, it was all talked about all off season, how poor defense we are so far. So good. Uh, we've been very uh, frisky on defense. We've been, you know, getting in there, diving for loose balls, blocking shots. You know, this is a team that can compete with some of the best in the league. And I'm very excited for that to start Thursday night. Bulls, Knicks, Joe Kim Noah being honored. At the United Center, um, 
it's going to be very fun. Let's get into it. Yes, basketball. Will you be there? Uh, Thursday, no. Uh, The next game I have is the sixth against the Sixers. I can't go, though, so... If anyone's listening, interested in buying tickets for November 6th, <laughs> Saturday, hit me up. I'll also be posting on Instagram and probably other things trying to get rid of those tickets. But then the game after that, I will be going to November 8th at home, Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, no, Let's there's go, a lot baby. of, I mean, that's in the next two weeks here in all mm. the games you listed, in, including that road trip. I mean, that's it's going to be really fun to see what this team really is. That's 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 how you prove your salt right there. Mm-hmm. Um, or and uh, <laughs> like you said, Bulls are exciting, and that's that's about all you can yeah. damn now hope for at this point. And 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 I'm ready to see what they what they really are. Yeah, I mean, hey, let's let's get competitive in the Central Division. The Bucks have had their hold over it for a while. Let's make them a little nervous. Let's get them sweating. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll <laughs> After see we just told, that, him, yeah. we told him this team just improved, and you're going to say, well, maybe we can make the Bucks sweat. <laughs> hey, hey, the Bucks, hey, the Bulls improved too. So, um, uh, but yeah, uh, a, a nice, exciting end to the show after just downtrodden Chicago sports. We have a light. We're seeing red. The city is excited. Everyone's behind the Bulls team. It'll get even better as the season goes on. Let's go Bulls. Let's go basketball, as always. Um, but anything else to add before we get out of here, Evan? All good. Quick podcast wow. for I all like that, that. detail. I mean, we said after, it all already. Yeah. After everything we after everything we said, uh, how much we had to cover, I think we did a pretty good job of uh, being concise. Yeah, hopefully hopefully wasn't too fast. <laughs> nah, we're good. We're good. We, we, I could only rant so much about the Bears. I got I got 11 more weeks to do that. Uh, (laughs) um, but as always thanks everybody for listening we appreciate all the love Uh, we will talk to you later for Frank and Evan we are the War on 94 podcast we'll see you soon peace stay tuned on social media for live shows probably Thursday and Sunday also Bucks and Six. (laughs) 